<clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We are The Real Pineapple. This is Hunter here. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for giving us a listen. And if you've been a longtime listener, thank you again uh, for coming back and listening to this review. So if you have been listening to us for a while, you guys do know that we typically do go into spoilers for some of our films, uh, for film reviews, because we feel like we need to go really deep to go ahead and describe why we hate a movie or why we enjoy movies so much. Um, that is going to be the case here uh, in the film that I'm talking about here, which is called Laura Gets a Cat, which is written, uh, directed by, and also stars uh, Michael uh, Farrell, which is, he's only done one other movie, which is called uh, 20 Million People, and it looks like he was just uh, an actor in it. So, I actually watched this movie twice, and I and I rarely do that with films uh, in general, unless I'm going back and watching for our best or worst stuff. I don't usually watch films twice, and I really want to go back and watch this a second time because I read a couple reviews for what people were saying, and I thought, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, maybe I'm missing the point here. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I cannot express enough how anger-inducing <laughs> this film was for me. Uh, so this movie is um, about Laura. She, she's basically this. This is very much a millennial, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, I don't like the movies. So I guess I mean it in a bad way, but I don't mean in a bad way that millennials are bad. I just mean that it's very much in that vein. It's very much geared, I would say, to millennials. This is about a, a young woman in her thirties. Named Laura, obviously, and she is just kind of going through life. She finished a draft of her novel that she's been working on. She's proud about it and about the fact she got it done, but she's not showing anyone, so she's very secretive about it. She has one of her friends who's been a musician, and she got a big break on Jimmy Kimmel, so she's bitter uh, and, and jealous towards her, and goes off in drunken rage about <laughs> about that about said friend she has a group of friends who are married who have a couple kids where it seems like the the wife is doing okay but the husband uh he actually leaves a conversation three of them are having to go uh masturbate it, it's just a very odd movie and, and the reason i said i want to i watched this twice is because <clears throat> i really thought that maybe i was just missing something Maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset, or maybe I was looking at it too too closely, or not closely enough. I I really was trying to give this movie every single chance I could to go ahead and try to meet it on its level. And what I got once I was done with this is this feels like a early uh, 30s version of something like Eat, Pray, Love. Or it's about this girl, Laura, who really doesn't have any problems. The main problems that she encounters of, of are of her own doing. And she really doesn't seem like she wants to put in any effort to make those changes. What I really did find, I guess, interesting about the movie is that it had points where it was kind of gaining steam. But then it would almost undercut itself or not finish its thought. It, it, it The movie felt very schizophrenic and very poorly laid out in that way. Um, the girl who plays Laura, 
Um, I thought she, uh, uh, Dana, uh, Dana Brooke is her name. I thought she did, I thought she did a good job, at least with the material. It's not like she's a bad actress, per se. It's just that she doesn't really have anything to do. Uh, the movie starts with her, like, as I mentioned, talking to her friends about, oh, so I finished my screenplay, and the friend she's talking to doesn't go off on her, but basically says, oh, I know how you feel about me and my husband, the fact that we're, we've sold out because we have the house and the burbs and the kids and Laura goes, that's what I think. Don't tell me what I think, even though she clearly thinks that. And it's, the one thing I will give this movie is it does, it, it strikes this interesting balance of maybe if Laura is obsessed with fame or she's just obsessed that people aren't noticing her, if that makes sense, like as an artist, I think that balance if that had been explored a little more that in itself is a very interesting movie but the problem is with laura there's no one in this movie really to root for uh you have laura as i mentioned who's played by dana brooke she just comes across as an extremely selfish person the whole movie and even going through her supposed hero's journey it never feels like she learns anything uh michael farrell who went ahead and wrote uh, directed and is the co-star in this movie he plays Ian and Ian is kind of a douche he's dating this girl who's uh, younger than him uh, they say she's 27 I believe and he mentions that oh yeah I'm not breaking up with her because she just lost her grandma and she's in Florida taking care of it and I go, well, that's not really the time to cheat on your girlfriend. Not like there's a time anyway, but definitely not the time when uh, when she just lost a grandparent. Uh, uh, Laura is Dane's guy, Tom, who's played by Josh Tyson. And out of everyone, he's the one person I found like I was okay with. Liked is a strong word, but he is just, he's really trying to just be a good boyfriend. He asks her, you know hey, you know, I know you had a rough night. You just want to come to bed. Uh, she has a key. They've been dating each other for eight months, so they're clearly on at least that level. He wants things to go a little further. He mentions at a point of her moving in, which I will be the first to admit, I think that's too soon. But he, he's wanting to commit more strongly to her, and she even mentions that she's only the weekend girlfriend. And he goes, Ian goes, well... You're the one who makes it a weekend thing. So Ian's trying to commit to her, but she just won't take that leap. So she's okay with him really taking care of her, it seems like, just in the scenes that they show. He's cooking for her when she's hungover. He's listening to her when she's just ranting and complaining about her friend potentially becoming famous. He he helps her out towards the end of the movie where she has where she has when she has nowhere to go. Ian is there quite a bit, and I just found it interesting that she treats him so incredibly shitty one thing i will say about laura too is she keeps saying that she's a writer and she's not a writer because she's she's written this novel but she won't put it out there she's not letting her even her friends read it even though they're asking hey you finished your your novel you finished your draft that's awesome can i look it over no 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 and she goes into this coffee shop like a a very obnoxious person who works at who goes to a Starbucks. I'm gonna write my best-selling novel, and that's actually where she meets Ian. And Ian even says, "You know, you can come in here 
and not write your novel. You can come here and just talk to people. And that's at least an interesting notion that maybe she gets some new ideas for her novel just by talking to people or maybe going in and talking to Ian. And that never even comes across. She just comes across so vapid and directionless, which I think the movie was trying to say that, hey, she's in her 30s, she doesn't have it all figured out. And I get that, but the way this is executed, it doesn't even feel like it's an axe. It really feels like she starts off with Ian she uh, or with uh, Tom, pardon me. She ends up falling. She ends up dating on the or cheating on Ian or cheating on pardon me, cheating on Tom with Ian on the side. But she won't commit to either guy, and Ian is kind of growing on her. And there's even a point where, when he's passed out and they're in bed together, she goes, "I think I'm falling in love with you." But she never even really makes it feel like she likes him. It just feels like he's there for convenience sake and not really for her to grow with or have it really turn into anything. Uh, the one thing I uh, one thing I will give this film is that there is a dialogue scene between her uh, between Ian and Laura when they first meet, and they're talking about expectations of society, where she talks about being in her early 30s and how she's an artist and how people are asking her, hey, are you going to get married? Or, you know, when's this book going to be bestseller? And, oh, I don't want to get married because my parents uh, have had a successful marriage and maybe I can't live up to that. And maybe society just is, you know, we're just basically hamsters on the wheel just feeding society and not being able to go ahead and actually make our own way it's about only a five minute or so conversation between her and Ian it's about maybe about halfway through the film or about a third of the way through the film and that scene that five minute little pocket I went okay if you could have expanded on this this could have really been something interesting and, and, and been some interesting social commentary as far as where I think a lot of 30 year olds find themselves that, you know, you need to fall into that template, that mold. You need to go ahead and be married. You need to have kids. You need to have the career. And I, I, I think the film wants to say something about society as a whole, especially the artistic uh, side of society. But it never has the balls to, and it never feels like it knows what it's going to say. It raises these questions, but it doesn't even provide answers. And I understand the, a lot of these are big, you know, wide life questions that you can't just answer simply. But it doesn't even present enough of a case through the dialogue or through the plot for you to even get to a conclusion yourself or to even ha really have a discussion about it outside of how the film just fails <laughs> in connecting so many things that it should. I found it really frustrating when it got to the end because I almost thought that they could have gone the Marley and me route with this where maybe her and Tom don't work out, which they don't in this movie. Not surprising when you see how she treats him. But maybe her and Tom break up. She gets the cat maybe halfway through the movie. And maybe the cat, I don't know, gets hit by a milk truck or <laughs> something. But through loving the cat she learns that she can commit to something she ends up with ian i mean just spitballing but it, it felt like maybe they were going to go that direction and even to his credit it does seem like he's actually you know he's an artist he's a performance artist he mentioned how he tried stand-up and how 
you know, there's so many layers to it that he wasn't expecting and how, you know, you, you do need to try at something to get better at it. And he just wasn't willing to uh, make that commitment to it. So artistically, I get that. And I'll say as someone who's who's written quite a bit throughout uh, throughout his life and does love writing, there are times where I just don't feel like writing. And so in that aspect, I kind of related to the film. But at the same time, I don't just write stuff and, not, and hold on to it. I do want to share what I write. I want to get feedback. And sharing and putting yourself out there, it is scary. And I think what's so interesting, and, and frustratingly so, is that Laura says that she's okay with being alone multiple times throughout the movie. And she talks about how she sleeps around, which isn't a big deal at all. I think what is interesting about it is that she says that she's okay with being alone, but then that ties into her sleeping around. But then that also ties into the fact that she won't make emotional connections with someone, which I think is the biggest, uh, I, I believe it's Tom who says it, who says that uh, she says that she's okay with not having human connections and not really having friends. And he basically just says, until you're not. And it's true. She's okay with casual sex and not having friends until it's convenient for her. And it just, it paints her in such an absolutely selfish light that I just found myself screaming on my TV, why are you so terrible? Why are really none of your friends outside of your ex calling you on this? It, it's frustrating to a point that I just, I, I was baffled to be totally honest. There's a point where she just leaves New York. Her and Ian aren't working out. She says, I can't do this, basically, and just leaves and goes. They never say where she goes. It seems it's upstate, so maybe Jersey, Vermont, maybe. Uh, it, it looked kind of like Boston. So it might have, But anyway, she ends up going uh, at least probably a state away, and she's talking about Ian, and Ian comes to visit her, and she talks about how, oh, yeah, I, I just kind of left. But I told him I was going. He knows where I am. And I go, well, what's his incentive for chasing you? I mean, if you just leave and show so little disrespect to someone that you supposedly love or or are falling in love with, and you just go, oh, no, I'm good. I can just leave at, at a whim. It's, it's frustrating how she flip-flops and how the movie never really feels like it's having her or allowing her to change. So when it comes to the very end of the movie, where, spoiler, she ends up getting the cat within the last three minutes or so, and it's this really fat, adorable cat, I will say that. But it, it, it's funny because if they just put that maybe 30 minutes earlier, I really think they could have flushed out her character and at least had her come to the realization that, hey, I'm selfish, I need you know, as an artist to grow, but but not just as an artist, but as a fucking person, and the movie just never commits to her making that change, or even being aware enough to put steps forward that she needs to change, and I understand that every film is going to be, you know, a thesis about where society is, or, you know, race, or whatever, so fill in the blank as far as the subject, but th this movie just came across as so self-indulgent, and that... In the end, there was just no point to it. And I think that in itself is the most infuriating thing that this movie could have had something to say. It, it, if they'd crossed a couple different T's and dotted a couple different I's, this really could have been 
at least a passable film about really the tortured aspect at point of being an artist and not being able to fit inside of a mold that I think in a lot of parts society does make for us as far as, you know, oh, you're 30, you need to have this, you know, oh, you're 40, you need to have this done. I mean, that is something that happens to us as a society and people in general. And the movie just doesn't quite connect the threads that it has. It brings something up and you kind of go, oh, okay. And then it just drops it and it never revisits it, it, revisits it, pardon me. And that in itself is so frustrating to me because I saw little pockets of potential in this film. But at the end of the day, it, it's something I'll, I'll never watch again. I don't know if I hate it enough at the end of the year to put on my worst stuff 2018, but damn, it, it just, it really just frustrated me to a point that I was really upset and I disliked it the first time I watched it. I actually liked it less the second time. So if there's a credit to the movie, it's that it made me feel worse than I did the first time. As far as wrapping this up, I will say that I think, uh, I, I do think Dana Brooke, I think she she does have some state, some some screen presence about her. I'd love to see what she would do with some decent material. Uh, there is a point near the end where her and Ian, you know, kind of in their whole, their whole tift. And she does, she does go ahead and get a chance to show out a little bit and, and get to show some emotion, uh, even though she's being a, a just an asshole but she does get to show some of her acting range and then in the next scene she has with Doug or uh, or Tom pardon me she gets to be very vulnerable and really speak to how her psyche is in that moment and I did find those two scenes at least interesting so there's maybe about 10 minutes this movie I thought was at least decent but overall most of this film is just a constant waste of what I think is some some interesting material if it had been written better. So I'm gonna give this a D plus. I, I I really just thought renting this, even on Amazon, uh, for the five five ninety nine I believe I paid. It, it just wasn't worth it. I just found myself getting more and more upset the more I watched the more I watched the film. So yeah, um, I don't think there's ever a reason to watch this. I'll, I'll never watch this again. Uh, the only <laughs> the only reason I might watch it again is to determine if it's bad enough to make my top 10 worst of movies for this year. I, I genuinely did not like this. And it's a shame because I think that there is a place for these movies about characters who are just lost. And the film doesn't try to solve the answer or to answer the questions it presents. But you got to give us something as far as commentary on those questions you're asking. And I feel like the film didn't do that. So... Uh, guys, if you've seen this movie, which I doubt, but if you had, let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can follow us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. Go ahead and give us a like. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes, Google Play Music, at, and uh, SoundCloud at The Real Pineapple. Uh, let us know what you thought there. Uh, let us know how we improve the podcast. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow my two colleagues uh, who are normally with me. You can follow Scott on Twitter at NewmanTheFirst. And you can follow my fellow comrade Colin on Twitter at the Real. That's R-E-E-L, the Real O'Neill. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will have a review up this weekend for Luke Cage Season 2. Uh, we'll be talking some movie trailers. We're going to talk, uh, talk Shazam, which I'm really excited about. 
And uh, we'll have some uh, other stuff up for you guys as well, including a review for Crazy Rich Asians, which I haven't read the book, but I'm really excited to go ahead and talk about that. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, this is your first time. Welcome. Look forward to hearing from you guys. We'll talk to you soon.